the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. We have to find a way to where we can talk to each other and we can actually listen to each other. Because I'm going to say the Hillary Clinton emails. Just by saying those words, Hillary Clinton emails, anybody who leans to the left at all or didn't vote for a Republican they immediately go, oh, geez, here they go again with the Hillary Clinton emails. It's important, just like it is, to find out if there was any collusion with Donald Trump. It's important. Now, why? Why keep bringing up Hillary Clinton's lost 30,000 emails? Well, the media has regulated this to punchline status. There he goes again about Hillary's emails. And they roll their eyes and they don't listen. But it's true. There are question marks out there that have never been answered. The, the 30,000 emails are not missing. We know where they were. In fact, Peter Strzok and the FBI had them for about a year before they even looked at them. The president mentioned this and the missing Democratic National Caucus uh, computer, uh, the server, during his press conference in Russia. He simply asked... What's up with the Pakistani IT guy? Where is the server? And what's going on with the Hillary emails? All the questions that are threatening to turn into vapor. If we want to heal our nation, if we want to move forward, we must have trust in the FBI, in the Justice Department, in the NSA, in the CIA. We have to have trust. And there are serious questions. The president shouldn't be the only one bringing these up. We should all be equally outraged that we still haven't been given any answers. The media acts like, you know, and it's true, I believe, they couldn't care less. But if the content contained the word Trump and Russia, they're chomping at the bit. So are these questions unimportant? Well, I want to look at one real quick. This is Hillary's email. Now, if you ask any Democrat or anybody on the left or anyone in the media, this is a witch hunt. It's a conspiracy theory. It's already been vetted. It's already been looked at. There's nothing to see here. Some Republicans don't even care anymore. Should you care? Well, if you watched the Peter Strzok hearing in front of Congress last week, you might have seen the grilling he got from Louis Gohmert. And everybody was talking about how Louis Gohmert, including me, went over the top with his accusation about his wife and everything else. But that shouldn't have been the headline of what Louis said. Because Congressman Gohmert also dropped a bomb so huge that it almost left shadows on the sidewalk and no one's talking about it. He revealed that the inspector general found a, quote, anomaly on Hillary Clinton's emails going through their private server. When they had done the forensic analysis, they found that her emails, every single one except for four, over 30,000, we're going to an address that was not on the distribution list. Now, who's what? What? Hillary's unprotected server had been hacked 
and her emails were being siphoned to a, quote, unauthorized source that was a foreign entity unrelated to Russia, end quote. Okay, wait a minute. Have you heard that before? This is insane. Who was stealing the freaking Secretary of State for the United States work emails? Who was it? A entity, a state entity, but not Russia. Gee, let's see. Who would that be? Maybe China? Can you imagine the damage that that did? All but four of 30,000? Now, let's see if we can tie that into anything because we're grasping at straws here. But could this be important? I don't know. They were classified emails taken by a state actor, not Russia. Okay. Now, did anything unusual happen during her tenure? Well, we found out last year that between 2010 and 2012, China had completely dismantled the CIA's covert operation network within their country. It was unprecedented. No one knew how they did it. Up to 20 U.S. agents were murdered or picked up off the street and imprisoned. One was shot in front of his colleagues in front of a government building. It's never been done before. The CIA was baffled. How did they do this? At the time, they said, we either have a mole or somebody has been hacked. Well, little did they know that quite literally, some state uh, actor, not Russia, was reading the State Department's mail. So are these questions important? Well, I don't know. Ask the families of the Americans that died in China. See, this has nothing to do with Hillary Clinton. This has nothing to do with Donald Trump. This has everything to do with, are we getting the truth? Is anyone following up on very important issues? Hillary Clinton is gone out of our life. She keeps trying to rear her head up into our lives, but she's done. She's done. You know it and I know it. She has no effect on my life anymore. But what she did at the time matters. What happened to her emails? How were these guys killed? Was it connected to a state actor, not Russia, who had hacked her servers? And how come this is the first time we're hearing about it? The president should not be the only one leading the charge on this. We should all be demanding answers. It's Wednesday, July 18th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. So here is, by the way, hello to Pat Gray filling in for uh, Stu this week. Hello. Program, Pat. Thank you. Um, here's the here's the problem. There is no one in uh, the administration that can 
use the events of the day to make salient points. There's no one that can lay stuff out for the press or for, more importantly, for the United States, the people, the citizens, to explain, okay, look, the president yesterday, when he was in Russia two days ago, he, he made a mistake, and I'm sorry, I don't believe the whole misspoke thing, um, but he made a mistake, but let's, let's see why. Why? What would force a guy or make a guy like Donald Trump? Okay, we've all explored. Oh, he's in the pocket of Putin. We've all explored that. If anybody's got any facts on that, bring it on. But you don't seem to have any facts. So could that be? Maybe. Well, he just loves thugs. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Maybe. Maybe, maybe he was he was charmed because have you ever heard the saying uh, the when once you're a president, there is only a small number of people that can relate to you anymore. And those are former presidents. So imagine being the president of the United States. You ain't talking to George H.W. Bush. You're not talking to Jimmy Carter. Bill Clinton's not calling you. George Bush isn't calling you. You are all alone. Now, what did I say that, that, uh, that Trump did to Kim Jong-un in North Korea? Do you remember? I said that he came into the room and sat down with him and said, you're not alone. I feel your pain. I feel your pain. I got it. I got, a, I got people coming after me all the time, too. I got it. And he related to him as a world leader. And so he became a big brother to this little punk. Now, I think that's I think that's what he probably tried to do because he understood him. Well, I think Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin in some ways think alike. One, uh, you know, one is a killer. One is not a killer. But I think they see the they like Donald Trump is a businessman. He's not a totalitarian. He doesn't think that way. He's a businessman. Vladimir Putin is a totalitarian. He'll kill you. He'll jail you. He'll do whatever. But what they have in common is get it done. So they relate to each other. Now, who's the big brother in this particular scenario? Would it be Trump trying to help Putin or Putin trying to help Trump? Clearly Putin. Who is the... Who's the one that has been trained their whole life to manipulate people? Putin. Okay. So, if I may, if you want to say that Putin made uh, Trump his, his B, okay, let's look at that seriously. I could see a scenario where Vladimir Putin... Sits down with Donald Trump and they're talking and he says, listen, Donald, I, I so respect you. I think you're a wonderful businessman. And, but I've been around the block a few times. And uh, listen, you got to get the hold of the press. They're just doing all kinds of things. I know, right? Did you have anything to do with, with uh, hacking? No, I had nothing to do with it. You know, they're trying to split us apart, Donald. Now, listen, Hillary Clinton... 
and the DNC ask about those servers? Why, uh, why is it that those servers have uh, not, been, uh, not been investigated? Why is it that uh, Mr. Peter Strzok uh, had all of that information for a year and did nothing while he's looking at you and saying, oh, there's something going on in Trump Tower? Listen, I've been through this a million times. I think that is a possibility. Mm-hmm. And because Donald Trump doesn't have anybody he can relate to at this level... And Vladimir Putin's never done anything to me. But I think the FBI is dirty. I don't know if I can trust them. That's a possibility. That is a possibility. Him being in the pocket because they have pictures of him, you know, being weed on by a girl. I don't think so. You would have come up with that by now. But yesterday I outlined and I said that there were, I think I said there were five investigations going on and he couldn't separate them. I'd like to reintroduce this theory because this is important not for him and not for Hillary Clinton and not for Barack Obama and not for the FBI, but for you. This is important for you because I think that this is what Donald Trump is feeling. I don't even know if he thinks it. But it's what he's feeling. And he's a guy who, they say, we give him briefings. He reads them sometimes, he doesn't read them. He listens sometimes, he doesn't. He goes with his gut. So that's all based on feeling. So listen to to this. There were five scandals that make this whole thing come together. And I'm going to go through them real quickly. The Trump Tower, the meeting with Paul Manafort and the KGB agent, the dossier, the document produced by the Democrats for Fusion GPS. This is all the stuff essentially that Mueller is investigating. Correct. There's mm-hmm. there's seven of these that have made all this up. Trump Tower, Fusion GPS, the election fraud that happened in the hacking that happened in Illinois, the Russian bots, you know, the Facebook, you know, fake ads, the DNC hacking where they took the DNC servers on WikiLeaks. The Hillary emails are also in this. The Amranaran, uh, um, uh, Amran, Amran Awan, uh, the guy who is the Pakistani that had the servers in D.C. Those are seven things. I want to take them apart one by one because something happened yesterday after the show because somebody called in yesterday and said, Glenn, What are we just going to take? How did they even track this? How do they know that Russia did this? Those indictments. Are we just going to take the Democrats word for it? And so I said, you know what? I don't have the answer. Well, I put my research staff on it and found how did the FBI come up with this? It is remarkable on several levels. And either the NSA is lying to us now or they were lying to us then Or something new has happened in technology, but it matters to you how they found it. It's stunning, but it also, once I found that, it led me right to, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you can do that, you can't solve these other minor crimes? Because when you see how they solved it, It's like saying to the president, okay, we got these seven robberies 
And okay, we solved the one where we broke into and into Fort Knox and stole all the gold. And uh, and we, we, we that was easy. We, we got that done in a couple of weeks. Um, but we can't seem to pick the lock on this guy's front door. It doesn't make sense. And it's important if we want to restore our security and our trust in the government. I'll give it to you next. Speaking of cybersecurity, we want to thank LifeLock. Uh, cybersecurity, people improve their cybersecurity, you know, uh, against the threats on their computers. And so thieves are actually going back to the old days. Recent reports reveal a rise in mail phishing. Do you even, do you even know how that happens? Do you know what that is? People take a rat trap and they make it sticky and they open it up and set it. And then they put a string on it and they put it down into mailboxes. It snaps and it grabs a bunch of mail and they pull it out. Hmm. This is how they're getting gift cards, documents, information on you, social security. I mean, there's the, the modern threat and the old style coming back too. There are so many threats in today's connected world. It just takes one and you're gone. That's why the new LifeLock Identity Theft Protection adds the power of Norton Security to help protect you against the threats to your identity and your devices. What you can't easily see or fix on your own, they do. If you have a problem, their agents work to fix it. Now, nobody can stop all cyber threats, prevent all identity thefts, or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock with the new Norton Security is able to uncover the threats that you might otherwise miss. So go to LifeLock now. LifeLock.com. Call them at 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BECK and you're going to get an extra 10% off your first year. That's LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK or 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK. Okay, I, I want you to give me the next give me the next uh, fifteen to eighteen minutes. Um, then I can go away. <laughs> then you can <laughs> no, go you away. Just leave. No. Okay. All okay. Right. So we have all seven of these. Mm-hmm. What they've solved, I think, what we've solved here is the Russian bots. We know that Russia mm-hmm. was planting uh, through real people in their underpants in the basement of Russia. And Russian bots planting stories to tear us apart and ads, right? Yep. So we know that. Yes. Who solved that? Mark Zuckerberg. So the the Facebook <laughs> right. police mm-hmm. solved that one. Okay. Number two, Trump Tower. Would you say that that one has been fully vetted? Yes. Yes. Okay. We we believe, unless any new information comes out, we believe that this was a Russian setup. And I think they would But have, there was no collusion. There was no collusion. I think there would have been collusion had they actually offered something, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. So why did the why did the Russian KGB agent do this? It is a typical uh, I shouldn't say a KGB. It's GRU now. Uh, but that's worse. That's the military version of the KGB. Why would they do that? It is typical of Russia and their tactics to set somebody up to start a bunch of fires and then make one obvious lob that makes that person look guilty. So I think we know that Russia was involved in that. And I think that that one's pretty locked up, but nobody has said case closed on that, and that's FBI. 
Well, that leads us to what did they solve out of the remaining seven? What did they solve? What's that indictment about? It'll blow your mind next. Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program. If you um, if you just joined us, go back and listen to the podcast, the first half hour of this broadcast, um, because uh, this is this is important, and I don't have time to reset everything. We're looking at the seven scandals uh, that make up this Russia connection, uh, and we we know that uh, the Trump Tower, investigated by the FBI, still has no real official answer, but it looks like a Russian setup. Uh, we have the Fusion GPS dossier. No answer on that. The FBI solved the Illinois election fraud case and Facebook solved the Russian bots. OK, now what we have left is the Fusion GPS, which and this is important, which is basically the story of the Democrats using the media and what sources we don't know from Russia and foreign countries to do dirty tricks. Okay, that's that's probably what that is. But we know for sure the Democrats are involved in that because they're the ones who hired Fusion GPS. Then you have the other ones that are left. You have the Hillary emails, all but four, all but four of 30,000 of these were siphoned off by a foreign entity. Now, I didn't know that. Did you know that? CIA agents were all caught or killed in China at this time. So this one is national security, but it also uh, revolves around Hillary Clinton and what she did. And it would expose the FBI, etc., Then you have the case of uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz and the Senate and the House Democrats using a guy named Amran Awan. He was the IT guy. He was from Pakistan. He hired his whole family to be IT people uh, for the for the Capitol, for all the Democrats. We know because an inspector general saw leaks coming out. And they tracked it down to one server, and it was his server. When they went down to go get it, it was suspiciously missing. He then tried to flee the country. He got his family out of the country. There was a cover-up. The DNC put pressure on the local police to drop it, to stop looking into it. We also know that his, his uh, server was accessed illegally from Pakistan. So there is national security. Hillary's emails, national security. The DNC hacking, which is just internal politics. There's no... Uh, national security and the fusion GPS, which because Russia is involved, it might be national security. Which one did they, which one did they do the indictment on? Which one did, which one did they solve? Solve the toughest one. Yeah. The toughest one that also has zero Democrats involved in the possibility of doing anything bad. Because it's the DNC hack. It's the one that is all internal politics, no national security, and the Democrats were the victim. It also, like Pat said, is the hardest one to solve. 
because this one involves WikiLeaks, DCLeaks.com, and Guccifer. Now, if you, I, I don't have time here to explain all of those, but those are mysteries wrapped in an enigma. Nobody knows who Guccifer was. Nobody knew who DC Leaks were. Nobody knows how the DNC servers got to WikiLeaks. All kinds of speculation. But how did all of it happen? So here's, this is quite interesting. We just indicted, I think, 16 GRU, like the KGB, military version of the KGB. We just indicted them last Friday. And somebody on this, somebody who listened to the show called yesterday and said, Glenn, are we just going to take the Democrats word? And I said, you know what? I don't know what the evidence was. Let me look into it. So yesterday we started looking into it. It's incredible. Here's how they, here's how they did it. The NSA uh, identified 16 GRU. Okay. Now I don't know about you, but let's just talk about this like mission impossible. These agents are here, and they're all undercover. It's like Mission Impossible. How did the NSA identify these 16 people? We don't know. Or did they identify more, but only find it on this? So we have the GRU, the KGB agents. The NSA found them, and then they started monitoring them. They tracked them to a a Bitcoin wallet. That's like, uh, uh, you know, BitPay. So, okay, I can see how the NSA did that. Uh, They go and they're following these guys and they see that there's a large transfer from a bank to a Bitcoin wallet. Well, that's where it should stop. Because remember, Bitcoin is unhackable. You cannot, you can't track those that's why drug, you know, cartels use them because you can't track them, right? Somehow or another, the NSA hacked it and they tracked the Bitcoin expenditures to buy a, a, v, uh, a VPN. A VPN is, I think, it's a very private network. Um, and these are what you, you have to have to go on to the dark web. You can't, you can't just go onto the dark web with, you know, Outlook or Explorer. You need to have a VPN. The only reason why you'd have a VPN is you're going to do some nefarious stuff. And VPNs also make you invisible. You can't track those. So the NSA found the GRU guys. They then tracked them to a BitPay a wallet, then they followed that money to buy a VPN. Then they followed them on the dark web. Again, can't be done. Follow them on the dark web. They find that they, on the dark web, they're using their VPN to access a computer. I think it's in Malaysia, a server. Um, they get on this server, and that server is what produces Guccifer uh, and uh, DC leaks. So now we have we have evidence. We've tracked them. 
We've watched them. We've watched them uh, buy thing, put money into Bitcoin. We've seen them take their Bitcoin and buy a VPN. We've then watched them on, on uh, through their servers. And we saw them go on the dark web, which then had them buy a nefarious server in some Asian country. And that's where they produced Guccifer and DC leaks. And that's what pushed it up to Wikipedia. Now, that's incredible. That's 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 not just good detective work. That's incredible. WikiLeaks, probably right. Not Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Not yeah, not not Wikipedia. WikiLeaks. Yeah. Um, this is incredible. You can't hack into Bitcoin. Supposedly. Yeah. You can't go into somebody's VPN. Supposedly. Yeah. You can't track people on the dark web. Supposedly. So again, like I said, they took and broke into Fort Knox or whatever. <laughs> we don't have any gold there. Uh, wherever we're holding our gold, whatever the most secure thing is, this is Mission Impossible going in and taking the knock list. Remember where, you know, where Tom Cruise was hanging over the computer? That's this. They did the absolute impossible. According to their own words, can't be done. So they were either lying to us then or they're lying to us now and they didn't do this or something happened in between and technology changed. I believe that is very reasonable. Technology has changed. They're they're growing with technology at an exponential rate, just like technology is. This should scare you to the bone because this shows there is no place to hide ever, ever. If this government ever goes dark, you're done. There is no way to escape. But what does this mean to Donald Trump? Why could Donald Trump say, I, in his apology yesterday, which I don't believe he used the would instead of wouldn't. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. However, you'll notice that he said there was no collusion. And he also said, and there were other people. Now, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a there was a news report where they showed it was a typewritten statement. But he wrote in no collusion and other people. Those were ad libs that he put in. Why would he do that? Well, OK, you've just cracked Fort Knox. But you can't seem to break the front door lock. You can't. You're telling me you're you're so it's my I tell you that door picking that lock. You just broke into Fort Knox. I know, but this is, you know, this is a Yale bolt lock. Excuse me? So when he says there's got to be other people, there are other people involved, and I don't trust the FBI, and I don't trust the service, I have to tell you, I'm, in looking at this, I don't know if I would either. He said to the FBI, we know this, Fusion GPS, he went to them and said, you have to show that this is not right. You have to show my wife. So here's something that the president is personally saying. You've got to show that that did not happen. Now, you can say that you can't prove a negative. You'd say that. But not after I see what you've done with the DNC server. You, you can't crack 
the the Democrats and whether or not they had collusion with Fusion GPS and Russia and the dossier, you can't tie that up yet. You, you can't look at Hillary's emails. You have all of them now. You have a you have an inspector general who says she was hacked. And somebody was siphoning off those emails and it was a foreign entity, but not Russia. Okay, are you only looking for Russia? Is that all we're looking for? Shouldn't we find out which foreign entity that was? Because if it's China, well, now that changes things with China now, doesn't it? And that also changes things with uh, Hillary Clinton, because she may have been responsible for those 20 CIA agents that were killed. The CIA CIA lost all of their agents in a two-year period, the same two-year period, and nobody could figure out why. You can't solve that one. You can't. You just put the guy, Amranawan, you just put him in prison for bank fraud. But you can't find anything on why Debbie Wasserman Schultz and the Democrats were using this guy. Why they allowed him to pay his family $150,000 a piece when the average IT person in Capitol Hill was making $50,000 and those were with people with experience. His family, they were working at McDonald's. They had no IT experience. Why were they paid $150,000? You can't come up with those answers, but you can hack Bitcoin? That is why the president is saying there are other people. And I honestly, I am not a defender of, of Donald Trump when he's wrong. He was wrong in Russia, but I can at least say, I understand. I don't trust them either. You don't trust them. The Democrats shouldn't trust them. We need answers on these and let the chips fall where they may. So Soros uh, may be a sign that more institutional investors are starting to get interested in cryptocurrencies. Venture Capital, business founded by the Rockefeller family, Venrock, also getting into cryptos. Rockefeller's rumored net worth of a trillion dollars. Um, they're also investing. Rothschilds are now also into crypto. Goldman Sachs is going to be working with cryptos. But there is something really big uh, that is happening. A few things that are really big that are that are happening that I don't even know about that we're going to learn about tomorrow. Is today Wednesday? Yeah. Tomorrow, Thursday night, 8 p.m., the BeckCryptoShow.com. I have Tika Tawari, and I think, is he coming in next hour or the hour three? Next hour? Okay. So Tika Tawari, he is a former hedge fund guy, and he is remarkable on um, on cryptocurrencies. He says there's a few things going on that are going to completely change the way uh, cryptos are looked at and how people are investing in them. He says this is the year for crypto. He's going to give all of this information, and we're going to lay it all out tomorrow night at eight o'clock it's totally free you just have to register you register and you'll see it at beckcryptoshow.com that's tomorrow night it's live we'll be taking questions etc etc it's 877 pbl beck or beck 
BeckCryptoShow.com. To get registered, you have to do it. BeckCryptoShow.com. It's free. Don't miss this. BeckCryptoShow.com. So, Pat, what was your what was your thought the last couple of days because you've been sick and, and at home? So what's your thought over the last couple of days on what's been happening? Uh, that Donald Trump is not suited for this kind of thing. He doesn't handle these situations well. When people are nice to him, he's nice back. When yeah. people are mean to him, he's mean back. So I think Putin was good to him. And he didn't want to cast dispersions at Putin during that press so, conference. So, when we come back, uh, we're going to be joined by Tika Tawari. But we also mm-hmm. need to get in to the press. Mm-hmm. They have on MSNBC said this was akin to Pearl Harbor and Kristallnacht. <laughs> Glenn. Okay, get out your postmodern rule book because I got a fresh new edition for you. This time it's uh, it's from the University of Minnesota. And the policy is so steeped in postmodern terminology that it practically prances off the page with a hashtag resist hat on its head. Here it is. Equality and access gender identity gender expression, names, and pronouns, which states that members of the academic institution are expected now to use the names and gender identities and pronouns specified to them by university members. So let me translate here. College students can freely decide their gender, and any faculty who fails to respect their highly malleable identity will face punishment. All right. Now bear with me because... It's about to get really pretentious here. Um, and it's important to decipher what they're actually saying. So we can respond respectfully and tactfully. Here's the policy. Individuals may access gender-specific facilities that correspond with their gender identities and may participate in university activities and programs consistent with their gender identities, including but not limited to housing, restrooms, locker rooms, recreation services, uh, activities, and camp programs. Uh, Individuals will not be required to use their gender-specific facilities that are inconsistent with their gender identity or use gender-inclusive options because their sex assigned at birth or sex listed on legal documents differs from their gender identity or gender expression. So let me translate again. Anything goes here. As long as the student's highly subjective gender reality is unwaveringly respected, everything's going to be okay. Now, this would be satire. But it's really not. It's called postmodernism. In other news, the same group of students are hosting a parade for science. Now, when's the last time we had a good science parade? You know, Uh, they are. I'm not making this up. They are donning their vulva shaped beanies. And uh, they're going to march around an effigy of President Trump for not letting them morph into any gender, race, or age they like. Because somehow or another, it's science, man. It's science. It's Wednesday, July 18th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. 
Welcome to it. It's Wednesday. We're halfway through the week, and uh, we have Tika Tawari on with us. Now, Tika, so you know, full disclosure, he is an advertiser, or his company is an advertiser on this, the uh, Palm Beach Letter on this program. Uh, but he is a guy that we found uh, and really did our homework with. We were looking for somebody who could teach me and Stu and the staff about uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And that's kind of how we kind of came into business because he taught us. And we're like, you should teach a class on this. And uh, so he does. And it's gotten rave reviews. And uh, tomorrow night, we're doing a free broadcast. Uh, it's a webinar, if you will. You can only see it at, is it I think it's beckcryptoshow.com. Uh, uh, and you have to register, but it's absolutely free. Tika, welcome. Uh, it's great to be here. Thank you. So you were a hedge fund guy. Yes. And um, you have been in Wall Street for forever. Mm -hmm. And you were uh, heavily invested in tech back in the 90s. Correct. And things were going well until they didn't. Right. What happened? So in 1990 to 1991, we experienced a terrible bear market. My average tech stock was down 50%. My worst tech stocks like Oracle were down 85%. Oracle. Oracle, down 85%, split adjusted price of 12 and a half cents. It was an absolute horror show. And I made one of the worst mistakes of my life, Glenn. I confused what was a temporary pullback in an ongoing uptrend. And I sold a a lot of my stocks, two big ones, actually, Microsoft and Oracle. Oh, my. (laughs) And uh, I did the math. And by the end of the decade, if I had just held on, I would have made an extra $20 million dollars. Oh by the gosh. end of the decade. It was unbelievable. But it, the advantage of that is that it's really helped me navigate the type of volatility we've seen in, in the crypto markets. So I've been saying recently that, uh, and this kind of a hybrid of what you said, and I'd like to have you explain it uh, better than I can, that what's happening with cryptocurrency right now is kind of like the dot-com bubble bursting, where that was all about pets.com. Mm-hmm not about the internet right so this is this bubble that may have have popped that's not about cryptocurrency it's not about cryptocurrency but i will say one thing i think it's a mistake to call it a bubble because bubbles when they burst you have a complete destruction of value right and uh if you get uh, if the value is reclaimed it usually takes 10 to 15 years so if you look at the nasdaq it took 15 years for that value to be reclaimed. If you look at housing, it took almost 10 years for that uh, value to be reclaimed. But if you look at Bitcoin, Bitcoin has dropped four times over 70%. In Mm -hmm. 2011, it dropped 94%. In 2013, it dropped 70%. And and then in 2014, it dropped 85%. And this time it's dropped 71%. And yet, even if you had bought at the high of Bitcoin at every single one of its moves, you still would have made almost 10 times your money. That's not a bubble. That's not a bubble. That is a large-scale secular bull market that experiences a lot of volatility. So I have to tell you, because I've kept my money in Bitcoin, but it free- it freaks me out. It freaks me out. Now, today, the biggest move in Bitcoin uh, has happened, I think, what, in, in, in the year? In, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's up uh, to 7,000 or over 7,000. 7,700. Okay. Right. What happened? Okay, so what I've been saying all along is that 2018 is the year when individuals have been getting scared out of crypto as institutions 
have really finally started to wake up to crypto. They've been running into cryptocurrency. And so that news is just starting to break. So um, yesterday we discovered that BlackRock, the largest asset manager in the world, $6 trillion under management, guess what? They're looking at launching Bitcoin ETFs. Now, this is even as Larry Fink, their CEO last year, basically said that Bitcoin was just a, just used for money launderers, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely talking Bitcoin down. But lo and behold, now they're talking about doing uh, uh, rolling out a bunch of ETFs. Then we've seen- now, what is an ETF? So an ETF is an exchange-traded fund. It's like a, like a mutual fund. Um, and so the advantage of an, of an ETF is that right now, uh, you've got to go through a couple of hurdles in order to buy Bitcoin. But with an ETF, you can log into your online broker. You can just hit the buy button, buy the Bitcoin ETF, and now you own Bitcoin. You don't have to worry about storing it. You don't have to worry about you know, a 42-letter uh, code. You don't mm-hmm. have to worry about losing your code. It's going to make it so much easier uh, to, to buy and own uh, Bitcoin. And now the market is starting to wake up to that. The market is starting to realize that institutions that were talking badly about Bitcoin all last year and in the first half of this year are actually getting deeply involved. And that's very when bullish. Are, when are we going to start seeing Bitcoin be used in, you know, I go in to buy a pair of jeans at the Gap? I don't know that that's the best use case um, for Bitcoin. It, it's Well, I mean, a cryptocurrency. Yeah. Yeah, so so that that that's actually uh, in the process right now. Just yesterday, Mastercard announced um, that they had filed a patent that will allow them to use Bitcoin uh, with their Mastercard. So you can use your Mastercard, spend your Bitcoin, and they figured out a way where you don't have to wait ten minutes for a confirmation time. So so that's happening, and and this is a big mistake that I see people making. With Bitcoin, they have this old narrative that Bitcoin really is slow and expensive and you can't, it's not really very useful. But the thing to remember about Bitcoin is it's technology and technology is iterative. It gets better and better every single year. The way that we, when we, when the internet first came out, it was slow. You really couldn't do anything with it. And then all of a sudden we had broadband and lo and behold, the internet's everywhere. So uh, let's let me shift gears just a little bit. Sure. Stay on Bitcoin, uh, but uh, the news came out um, about these indictments in Russia. Yes, and we were looking into it yesterday. Okay, how did we get the information? Because a listener called up and said, "How do how do we know?" So we went back and we looked. The NSA tracked these GRU guys, mm-hmm. you know, uh, military KGB, if you will. And uh, track them to a, uh, a uh, crypto wallet. Right. And then they tracked that wallet or they tracked that money to a VPN, which is what you need to go onto the dark web. Right. Then they tracked those players in the dark web. It's my understanding is people say all the time, oh, it's just all money laundering. Only the people that are using Bitcoin or the dark web are bad people probably right about the dark web right um but not necessarily about bitcoin but i thought it was untraceable it is not untraceable it is the cryptography is unbreakable it is pseudo anonymous so every single transaction that happens in bitcoin shows up on the bitcoin blockchain and anybody can see it so if you can be tied to just one purchase right if they can say okay tika bought this then then they can go and trace all the way back through the Bitcoin um, 
uh, they're just looking for that number. They're looking for that number, and then they can they can unfold everything. I, uh, to use Bitcoin to break the law, you, you've got to be dumber than two rocks in a sock. It's just not bright to do that. When mm. I speak to prosecutors off the record, they say, Tika, we love it when criminals are stupid enough to use Bitcoin because it's like they're leaving a trail for us to follow. They've only got to tie them back to one transaction, and they can unfold everything. Uh, I can't believe that these Russian agents didn't use cash. They would have been much better off using cash than using Bitcoin. Is that your understanding of it, Pat? It certainly wasn't until now. No. That's I mean, I, I had no idea. I thought that's, that, that's what people, uh, that's what everybody pro and con say about Bitcoin. Well, you know, you'll have your money and they won't be able to take it from you. They won't be able to track you. They can't, they can't take it from you. And mm. um, they can't take it from you. But... Uh, again, if you can be traced back to just one transaction, they can then see everywhere that you've spent your money. But now they, ca- they can't break it open to see my account. No, they can't break it open to see your account. They can't break it open uh, 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 to take it from you. But mm. there are steps that you can take to remain anonymous using Bitcoin. But I mean, they're, I mean, we don't need they're to very detailed. That. I'm not going to go into yeah. that. They're very detailed. Shocking that the Russians didn't know how to do that. Um, but uh, uh, not a smart move to use Bitcoin if you want to break the law. Were you were you at all uh, amazed at how the NSA got those guys? No, the NSA the NSA has so many so much more ability than than we even know. I mean, they're in they're in everything. So I mean, there's uh, I mean, there, yeah, there, there is, is no privacy no, in the United States. There's no privacy in the world anymore. In the world, yeah. I, I don't think people really understand that. Yeah that there's no privacy and that's one of the reasons why i think you know bitcoin rides on the back of um of the blockchain Mm -hmm. and can you explain the blockchain sure okay i will do that so um so the blockchain is a collection of computers called nodes and there's about five thousand of them in the bitcoin blockchain and they all have the exact same copy of of the ledger Right, so it's like if you go to a bank and you withdraw a hundred dollars from Citibank, and then you go to a different bank and try to withdraw the same hundred dollars, you can't because they share the ledger and they say, "Well, Tika, you already took the money; you, you can't take it twice." Right. Now that whole system relies on trust, and uh, generally it works until it doesn't. <laughs> Whereas the Bitcoin network uh, has this shared ledger, so if I try to uh, spend a Bitcoin and then try to spend it again, all the ledgers first say, okay, before we agree that that Tika can spend this again, let me look at these other 5,000 ledgers and see if they agree. And so that's what takes the 10 minutes. That's what takes the 10 minutes. So they look at all the ledgers and they say, oh no, Tika's already spent that Bitcoin. He can't double spend it. And then they reject it. So that's, that process is called uh, reaching consensus. And what makes Bitcoin so powerful um, is that, uh, it's extremely difficult to rewrite data on the blockchain. People have been trying to do it for 10 years and they haven't been able to do it. Well, you can't because if I understand it, a blockchain yeah. is a chain of numbers and yours is in the middle of that. Right. And they're all sequential and they all say this is the last time it was used or opened. Correct. Right. Yeah. So if I go in and let's say I put a picture or an email right. in a blockchain, yeah. this is security yes. um, and privacy. We know that's the original picture because right. if anyone tries to open it, it 
disrupts the blockchain. Right. And so the entire chain falls apart and you'll be like, no, it, no, it couldn't. It was opened at this time. Right. Because look at the numbers on each side. And, and that's what makes it so powerful. It's tamper proof. And so uh, companies now are using it to secure documents. They'll take a, what's called a hash of a document, which is it's basically reducing a document down to a number, putting that into the blockchain. And then what happens is the blockchain constantly checks uh, the document and does the hash calculation. And if the hash calculation changes, it means that somebody has tampered with the document. And then you immediately know that that document has been changed. So one of the things, one of the ideas that I like, which I'll talk about another time, um, is working with the banks because we know the banks have uh, this history of going back and changing mortgage documents. Yeah. Now with the blockchain, they won't be able to do that. So this stops things like Wells Fargo. It, I didn't want to say Wells Fargo, but yes. Yes. It stops this absolute fraud by Wells Fargo. So it is a part of our life for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. Okay. So tomorrow night we're going to do something at eight o'clock. Uh, it's, uh, you can find it at beckcryptoshow.com. You don't have to pay anything. It's a free thing. Just come and watch. And you're giving three names of three cryptocurrencies. Correct. And you are so positive on these that these are big movers they're going in my opinion they're going to be huge movers and we're also giving away two hundred dollars worth of bitcoin okay as well uh and so all, all you have to do is uh, register and you'll get the names of those uh three we're also going to be taking your questions on uh on blockchain and bitcoin and cryptocurrency uh, it's it's a show that you don't want to miss. Uh, he's also going to be explaining some things on what is changing that is going to make you think Bitcoin is going to go up to how much this this year? At least $40,000. This year? Glenn, I know it sounds crazy. July 12th of last year, I sat in front of a camera similar to this, and we were uh, Bitcoin was at $1,850, down 40% for the year. And there was an event that was I just found out through one of my contacts, and I said, look, People don't realize how important this is. This is going to uh, this event is going to happen later this year, and it's going to take Bitcoin to at least ten thousand dollars. People thought I was insane, and we hit twenty k. I am telling you, we're going to forty k before year end. You'll find out what that is tomorrow. All you have to do is register online uh, at beckcryptoshow.com. It happens tomorrow. Watch it live, 8 p.m. Tika, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you so much. Back in uh, just a second. First, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's Casper. Imagine taking your mattress on a 100-day test drive, because that's what it is. It's a 100-day test drive. I have a, uh, I have a GMC that uh, I, I love. I love my GMC. Uh, the problem with it is, is the seats kill my back. And I didn't realize that until I had driven the car for about four days. So the mattress is the same thing. You go into a store and you're fully clothed and you roll around on a mattress. And you're like, I don't know. This one's comfortable. You don't even really know what you're looking for. You buy the mattress and within a week, your sleep is horrible. Your back hurts. That's why Casper has a 100-night try-it-yourself guarantee. Try in your home for 100 nights. If you don't love it, call them. They'll come. They'll pick it up and refund every single penny. The choice of trying it for, you know, a few minutes in a store or 100 nights at your home seems pretty simple. Casper, great mattress. I sleep on mine every night, and I love it. And you can save $50 on select mattresses now with promo code BACK. That's casper.com. Promo code back. Terms and conditions do apply. Casper.com. That's quite a statement to make, especially when 
you know, you could be proven wrong in six months. Yeah, the 40,000 thing? Yeah. Yeah, it could go up to 40. He thinks at least 40,000 by the end of the year. That's crazy. But, you know, it answers my question. Is it is it too late to get into Bitcoin? Still... <laughs> yes. yes, you should get into Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm interested to hear his case on this tomorrow. I'm really interested to hear his case. And he's so he's so well researched and 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 well thought out. I mean, he ran a hedge fund for a while um, mm-hmm. and he has concentrated on this for the last you know decade. And uh, and knows it inside and out. And he's going to give us all the information on that tomorrow. Again, it's free. Uh, just to sign up at uh, BeckCryptoShow.com tomorrow. Uh, and uh, we'll go over all that information. That is BeckCryptoShow.com. Uh, the show is tomorrow night at 8 p.m. You really don't want to miss that. When we come back, how the press thinks that this was as bad as Pearl Harbor. Yes, Donald Trump, Pearl Harbor. Pat and I are very, very outraged today. I mean, you know, we're all addicted to outrage. So we are getting high off of our outrage today coming from MSNBC legal expert. Now, she said that the Helsinki summit was really bad. Now, I'm going to play the audio for you, but I, I want you... I want you to question, why are you outraged? Why are you outraged? And I, I think it's going to be very obvious until Pat and I tell you exactly why you should be outraged. Uh, and it has nothing to do with what you're actually going to be outraged by. <laughs> Watch. Listen. It's just as serious to me as the Cuban Missile Crisis in terms of an attack or the 9-11 attack. The president is taking the side of the people who attacked us instead of trying to prevent a future attack. He has done nothing to make sure that the elections four months away are going to be safe. And I would say that his performance today will live in infamy as much mm-hmm. as the Pearl Harbor attack or Kristallnacht. It's outrageous. <laughs> Kristallnacht. Okay. All right. Okay. Mm. <clears throat> so, um... I kind of understand the Cuban Missile Crisis or 9-11. The president is taking the side of the guys who are attacking us and doing nothing to prepare. Okay, But this is as big as Kristallnacht will be remembered in history as Kristallnacht or Pearl Harbor. Now... (laughs) How, why are people outraged, Pat? Uh, because that's a ridiculous comparison that you, you can't compare what happened day before yesterday to Kristallnacht, which was much more serious. And, and Pearl Harbor, I mean, 2,403 people died in Pearl Harbor. Okay. A hundred right. Jews died on Kristallnacht night. Right. Plus 30,000 were sent to concentration camps. Okay. So it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. That's where the average person is. Yes. They're outraged because they're like, that's ridiculous. And Pat and I agree with you. It is ridiculous. But only, only because she didn't go far enough. Not nearly. Now, here's, now I want you to think about this. Pat. Mm-hmm. How many people died at Pearl Harbor? 2,403. How many people died on Monday? 6,775 in the United States alone. It's in cool. the United States alone. Globally, 181,361 people died on Monday. 
It was a bloodbath. Sure was. A bloodbath. Mm-hmm. One now it's natural causes, but one hundred and eighty-one thousand three hundred and sixty-one people died. Some of them bled. Right. How many people died on the day of Kristallnacht? On the day of the day of one hundred. One hundred. I don't know. What's worse? One hundred or one hundred and eighty one thousand three hundred and sixty one. It's ridiculous. I can't I can't believe ridiculous. how they have the audacity to say Crystal Knock was as bad as what happened on Monday. What is she married to Donald Trump? Oh uh, my to, gosh. To excuse his actions like that. Is crazy. It's incomprehensible. Talk. You know what? It's probably better to compare it to Hiroshima. Or Nagasaki. Well, if you if you're, de- we did a little oh, research boy. on Have this. I, okay. okay, all right, all right. Uh, Hiroshima from ninety to ninety thousand, uh, maybe thirty nine thousand to ninety thousand died on that day. On that day, uh, no, not even on that day. It was the next three to four months. Okay, well, that's not in uh, Nagasaki. It was one hundred. It was eighty to one hundred and forty-six thousand on that day, or the next four months. The next four months. How many on that day? About half of that was that day alone. So, if you just take the low estimate, it's one hundred and twenty-nine thousand people. One hundred and eighty-one thousand died on Every Monday. Day. It could go all the way up to two hundred and twenty-six thousand, but that's including the next four months. Oh, that's not right. This is I can MSNBC. It's an outrage. Stop underplaying how bad this really was. <laughs> Told you he'd be outraged. That's oh, right. Yeah. Oh, you feast you on just that. have to know what to be outraged about. That's right. Don't just follow the crowd. No. Be outraged for something unique and different. They didn't go far enough. To, to bring up Crystal Lock. And not have the ADL all over you? Oh, really? Where are they? Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. How many times did the ADL... I don't know. <clears throat> ...come after you? Well, I know they did it on the day that I was given the Defender of Israel Award from Benjamin Netanyahu. They were right? calling me a uh, an anti-Semite. Um, but... Uh... <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's uh, let, let's let's move on to a voice, a blast from the past. And you know, remember those signs that used to have uh, George Bush, and it, you know, just said "Miss me yet." When I play this, when I play this voice, you're going to say to yourself, "No, uh-uh. <laughs> no, I don't." Here's Barack Obama. Let's. Uh, I've got three cuts from him. Let's start with uh, him talking about his money that maintains some form of progressive taxation so that rich people are still rich but they're given a little bit back to make sure that everybody else has something to pay for universal health care and retirement security i should add by the way right now i'm actually actually surprised by how much money i got and let me tell you something i don't have half as much as most of these folks or a tenth or a hundredth there's only so much you can eat. There's only so big a house you can have. There, there's only so many nice trips you can take. Hey, stop. This is the problem with uh, Barack Obama and, oh. and socialists. Socialists don't understand the concept of not being just a consumer. 
You see, what he's saying is there's only such a only so big of a house that you can have. There's 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 only so much you can eat. Well, I I believe I'm challenging the whole eating thing. Uh, so we're going to leave that one off the table. But it doesn't mean that you're what he's saying is I've got enough to have a really nice house to take my trips to do things that I want to do. What he didn't ask is. How many jobs can I create? How many how many things can I fund that will will create a better world for people personally? Now you can be like J Paul Getty. J Paul Getty was an amazing, he was the richest man in the history of the world. J Paul Getty got all of his money uh, from oil, and uh, he was actually the guy who convinced Saudi Arabia. I know you got a lot of oil down here. I, Let's bring it up. And they're like, well, we could bring it up, but there's no way to get it across the ocean. J. Paul Getty said, mm, yeah, there is. He's the guy who invented the super tanker. Oh, you mean the super tanker like the Exxon Valdez? Oh, my gosh. Killing all the ducks. Yeah. And also building the world. So what he did is he was a miser. He was really hmm. He was greedy. He was cheap. Uh, he was bad to his family, but he paid the price for that. His family was destroyed by the money because he didn't have a healthy outlook on it. However, look at what he built. Look how many people he employed because of that petroleum that he pulled out of the ground in Saudi Arabia and brought all around the world in super tankers. Think about how life changed for everybody. So it's not just about how big of a house he has. What has he done with that money? And how did he earn that money? And I find it interesting that President Obama talked about how poor he was going into the White House. And now he doesn't even know how much money he has leaving the White House. What the hell did you do? public service he's not the guy to talk to you about money now let me go on the next uh, the, the next piece and that is uh, identity politics here he is on identity politics but democracy demands that we're able also to get inside the reality of people who are different than us so we can understand their point of view maybe we can change their minds but maybe they'll change ours and you can't do this if you just out of hand disregard what your opponents have to say from the start. Oh. And you can't do it if you insist that those who aren't like you because they're white or because they're male, oh somehow God. there's no way they can understand what I'm feeling. Oh my God. Somehow they lack standing to speak on certain matters. Oh, oh no. hypocrisy. He lived this complexity. Okay, stop. I can't take anymore. Oh my. my head will explode. Gosh. Let me just go down memory lane here. You have the cut of Obama and uh, identity politics, please. No, no, no. The, the new one from Mike, Sarah, please. I'll make our government open and transparent. No, no, no. So that anyone. The race one. The point I was making was not that my grandmother. Uh, harbors uh, any racial animosity. She doesn't. No. But she is a uh, typical, typical white person. African Americans in communities where I've worked, there's been notion of 
acting white, which sometimes is overstated, but there's an element of truth to it where, okay, if, if boys are reading too much, then, well, why are you doing that? Or why, why, are, you, uh, why are you speaking so properly? And the notion that there's some authentic way of being black, that if you're, if you're going to be black, you have to act a certain way or and vote wear a certain, a certain kind of clothes. That has vote to go. And they're saying, uh, excuse me, we want the keys back. We don't mind the Republicans joining us. They can go come for the ride, but they got to sit in back. There are very few African-American mm. men in this country who haven't had the experience of being followed when they were shopping in a department store. That includes me. The Cambridge police uh, acted stupidly. There is a long history in this country of African-Americans being stopped by law enforcement disproportionately. And that, that's just a fact. So, so wait a minute. I, I can't understand because I'm white. You're saying now that that's wrong, that I should have a seat at the table. But I never felt that way in America. I, I personally never felt unwelcome at the table. Now, that's my white ch- privilege that I could check at the door. Wait a minute. You just said I don't really. I mean, I should just be able to f- express my point of view. Anyway, um, I never felt that way until President Obama got mm-hmm. into office. I never felt that way. I don't think I don't think most white people felt this way. I don't think most white people felt that. Uh, especially white males, that we were somehow responsible for all evil in the world. But that's what we're being taught, and that's what is being taught to our kids now. And weren't you part of that, Mr. President? He also says that we shouldn't lie. We, we need politicians and presidents that won't lie. May I remind you, Mr. President, of your tenure in the office? This, this, this. I'll make our government open and transparent so that anyone can ensure that our business is the people's business. Because when I'm president, meetings where laws are written will be more open to the public, no more secrecy. That's a commitment I make to you as president. No more secrecy. When there's a bill that ends up on my desk as president, you, the public, will have five days to look online Mm. and find out what's in it before I sign it. Shovel-ready transportation projects already approved. Shovels are breaking ground and (laughs) cranes dot the sky. Shovels will soon be moving earth and trucks will soon be pouring concrete. I said this once or twice, but it bears repeating. If you've got health insurance, you like your doctor, you like your plan, you can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan. What we do know is that uh, the natural uh, protests that uh, arose because of the outrage over the video. The video that was Benghazi. Okay, thank you, Mr. President, for the lecture on money, on honesty, and let's not divide people. I appreciate the refresher. (laughs) Miss me yet? Nope. Not at all. Nope. Thank you. Here's our sponsor this half hour. Um, imagine, Imagine going months with only the food in your pantry right now. Unfortunately, this reality is brutal. This is, you know, top of mind now for the people of uh, Puerto Rico. And why would I bring up Puerto Rico? Well, that's Puerto Rico. Yeah, that's part of America. And they still are struggling. And by the way, I just want you to know that, you know, yes, they're on an island, but uh, FEMA came out and said, we're not going to be able to afford to do the things that we have done in the past. Americans must prepare to take care of themselves. So if a crisis strikes, what do you have? 
My Patriot Supply understands this need, and they're busy helping patriots prepare. And they feel the need to prepare. Uh, the, the need to prepare is, is really not been greater than it is right now. I know people don't feel that way, but it is true. My Patriot Supply, offering never-before-seen pricing on their popular three-month emergency food kit. And this week only, get your food kit for your family. You'll save $250 at this special website, preparewithglenn.com. Preparewithglenn.com. Three months of emergency food, priced to sell quickly. It includes breakfast, lunch, dinners, all packed in a rugged, slim tote. And the food storage will last up to 25 years. That's three months. And it's $250 in savings. They've never done this before. This week only. 800-200-7163. 800-200-7163. Or go online at preparewithglenn.com. Okay, there's a couple of stories here uh, that we have to get to next hour. Um, we have The Rock uh, being criticized now uh, by an amputee actress. Uh, because in uh, what is it, skyscraper or whatever that movie is, he he plays an an amputee, and he's not one. He he wasn't he actually has to, two legs. He wasn't willing to uh, cut off his leg for the role, uh, and uh, she said, "You know, I'm an actress and an amputee." Well, yeah, but you, there's a couple of differences <laughs> probably between you and The Rock. Um, the the main one would probably be star power. Mm. Uh, that that might be. That might be it, but she is now calling for an end of, uh, you know, all this pretending in Hollywood that goes on. (laughs) I like to call it acting, um, but uh, we'll get an end to that really soon. Glenn Beck. Mm, Finally, a beautiful Sunday in your picturesque Bayside City. You paid good money to move here. It's not cheap. The $150,000 range leaves you with just about middle-class housing. In Ohio, that'd buy you a small town. But this is better than Ohio, you tell yourself. Sure, the city isn't as scenic as the postcards, but, I mean, here you are. The YMCA fields. You're coaching your soccer team, your kids' soccer team. Today's the co-ed under-eight soccer final. Really, it's their World Cup. You bought the good oranges and Capri Sun, the special kind with the cold, sensitive images on the front. You worked hard for this moment. Your job is demanding, and sometimes you're there 60, 70 hours a week just to make ends meet in this city. But somebody needs to coach the soccer team, so here you are. And what? What is that? You see it. Your son is is dribbling past the kid, shoving dandelions into the anthill. And he's going to score a goal. I mean, yes, he is. He's going to do it. You're watching your son. And then all of a sudden, right as your son's leg angles back to kick the ball, you hear an animalistic scream behind you. You don't know what it is. You quickly turn around and you see a man shrieking "Ah!" as he squats over the sidewalk. Welcome to San Francisco. You know what he's doing. He's taken a big dump on the sidewalk. Now, following the death of Mayor Ed Lee, San Francisco Mayor London Breed uh, inherited quite a mess. A lot of crap in San Francisco. 
San Francisco is in absolute shambles, despite topping nearly every list of the nation's highest cost of living prices. San Francisco has been plagued by homelessness, often with unbelievable negative consequences. You're a native of San Francisco. Is this the worst you've seen? It? I will say um, that there is more there's more feces on the sidewalks than I've ever seen, you know, growing up here. That was something that did not, wasn't the norm. That you've uh, ever seen. That I've ever seen, for sure. And that is a huge problem. And we're not just talking about from, from dogs, we're talking about from humans. How can a city with some of the most expensive rent prices in the world also have neighborhoods that are being compared to actual slums because of the amount of human feces, trash, and, and needles everywhere? There are a lot of people who have been pushed out of some of these places where you now have people paying these prices. About 70% of the people who are estimated to be homeless now in San Francisco were actually housed in San Francisco before they became homeless. We have to make sure that people who live here, sadly people who are homeless here, that they're also held accountable for taking care of our streets. Hmm. Okay, so um, they were just good people um, until they went homeless. Okay, I understand good people losing their homes and and I, at what point do they start crapping in the street? At what point do they start saying, you know what, I'm also going to be a heroin user that craps in the street. If I could only get a clean needle, somehow or another that breaks down for me. I'd like to add uh, that the segment that begins with the footage of Mayor Breed walking around San Francisco as she passes a group of homeless people in this video. Uh, at least one person is openly injecting themselves with heroin. Now, you don't get that every day walking around a town with your mayor. You know, he's not hiding it. I'm just having a little heroin, babe. That's it. I shouldn't have to say this, but helping the disadvantaged is a really good thing. I mean, even if you read that out-of-date, dusty book called The Biblil, or however you pronounce that now, you know it's very clear. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up, judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. That's from Proverbs. Whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. Look at his disciples, Jesus said. Blessed are you who uh, are poor. Yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you'll be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. That comes from Luke. That Bible's riddled with stuff like this. But are you doing good to the poor? Are, are you helping them get back on their feet? You know, I was in this uh, really successful uh, AA group. Well, it wasn't really AA. It was just more of a group of alcoholics. Um, and um, and the philosophy was, if somebody would just give me free, clean alcohol, I'm eventually going to get off it. If I could just have a nice place that I could go to get drunk that has a clean glass, I am on my way to sobriety. It doesn't work that way. San Francisco, the way you're dealing with the poor is killing the poor. Walk around the city. You're going to see a lot of $1,000 t 
tents that uh, the tents that function as homes gifts from the good-natured but ultimately misguided people who function now more as enablers than rescuers you have set up injection sites where homeless heroin addicts are provided with clean syringes and allowed to shoot up without any punishment this doesn't work why is it progressives when something doesn't work they say we're going to double down instead of looking at it and saying is there anything anywhere else that does work god bless the homeless god bless them god bless those who are working tirelessly every day to help them but we need to find a better way to help people because this isn't working. It's Wednesday, July 18th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. You know, Ben Franklin, um, he went uh, to England and uh, he wrote a letter to one of his friends in England and says, you know, I was just there and, uh, you know, something has become very, very apparent to me. And that is... What you're doing to the poor is enslaving the poor because you're just giving them handouts. You're just going in and meeting them on the street and feeding them. And that doesn't work. Some people have to be taken off the street and they need care. Others don't. They don't mind living this way. And the best thing you can do to help them is to make them uncomfortable in their poverty. Now, I'm not saying we go poke homeless people with sticks, but we don't make it easy. We find ways to make it attractive to get back into society. You know, a society that says, I don't think we should poop in the streets. I made this sign, uh, and I'm going to give this to uh, San Francisco. You can download this at glenbeck.com. You can have it for free. You can post this anywhere in your store window. Uh, it's just uh, the no human pooping sign. It's an attractive sign, too. It is. Yeah. Well, it's international, so you don't mm-hmm. have to read. You could be on heroin and understand that, right? I think so. Mm-hmm. It might look like you shouldn't sit on a Hershey's kiss. <laughs> yeah, you could make that mistake. Right. So, so if there's I don't no read, sitting on a Hershey's kiss here? Yeah, I, that uh, may be. We, we okay. might want to rethink that. Yeah. Because uh, that may be what the <laughs> signal is being sent to people who don't read English. But it's a guy squatting, you know, with a little poop underneath him and uh, and the hash uh, through that. Maybe is, if we put if we put eyes on the poop, will people understand that then? Yeah, because they get emojis. Yeah. So, yeah. Almost people get the emojis, right? Mm-hmm. I so, think so it'll look it'll look a little better mm. if it has eyes on the poop. <laughs> you believe it? I mean, I was just talking about this the other day, and we were was it 2014? We were in San Francisco for the yeah. Super Bowl, yeah, and we stayed at uh, Nicholas Cage's old house, which was uh-huh. a 15 million dollar house. It was nice, but you know, it's San Francisco, so you. It was, it was in, like a $150,000 house yes, elsewhere. It was. 
If it was in Texas, it really was. Maybe, it, re- it really was. It was maybe ninety-five or a hundred thousand. Yeah, <laughs> fifteen million in San Francisco. Yeah, but it was crazy. Here we are on a street with fifteen million-dollar homes, and there was poop in that in on that block on the sidewalk. There was human feces. human feces all up and down the. It was a two, lot of it. Two or three blocks away from wasn't that a. It was a Bentley and, and Rolls-Royce dealership, right? Yeah. Yes. So this was like yeah. the nice section of town. Yeah. And we're walking, and it's Pat and Stu, me and I think Rafe. And we're all walking, and our security is a ways back. And uh, we're, just, we're just walking, you know, four guys. And we keep saying, oh, look out for the poop. Look out for the poop. Oh, my gosh. Look at the, look at the underwear with the poop in it. Remember that one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, look at the underwear that's Ugh. on the sidewalk with poop in it. This is so disgusting. Then we turn a corner, and we're still in the nice section. And the homeless, they're militant. They're militant. And remember, I don't know who first brought it up, but we're talking to each other saying, I don't feel comfortable here. And I certainly wouldn't want my wife and my kids oh. walking down the street. Oh, this is a, a, a neighborhood. Night? No. $15 million houses. Are you mm-hmm. crazy? How you pay taxes in San Francisco and put up with that is beyond me. Well, you're all, you're all like-minded, I guess. It's just since they've had like 60 years of this going on. It was 19, 1964 was the last time they didn't have a uh, a Democratic progressive mayor. 1964. So they don't know any different anymore. They no. don't know there's another way. No. They're no. so trapped in their little progressive mindset that this is just how it is. Yeah. They're, they've been incompetent since 1964. They've been incontinent since 2012. <laughs> and I think that's... Uh, I worked on some slogans. That's for, good. I like for, it. Yeah, I worked on some that's slogans. A catchy uh, one. Uh, San Francisco, a great place to take a dump. Eh. Mm. Uh, San Francisco, America's postmodern crap hole. Uh, San Francisco, where your sidewalk is our toilet. Nice. Eh. Okay. F cisgender norms. Take a dump on our sidewalk, no matter what you identify as. That's inclusive right there. Uh, I like that. That's inclusive and tolerant. You know, if you had just a kind of guy, some like uh, illegal aliens dressed as banditos, you could go toilets. We don't need those thinking toilets. There's San Francisco underneath it. Okay. I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be. Um, of course, we give out free needles and crap on the sidewalk. A prison is our biggest tourist attraction. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. Yeah, it's kind of pragmatic. I like it. Uh, how about this? Mm-hmm. This is a commercial. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two guys are walking on the sidewalk. And uh, one guy stumbles over some feces, and he's like, you, you have my feces on your sidewalk. And the other guy says, you have my sidewalk in your feces. And then it just goes to feces, peanut butter cups. I like the nostalgia of that. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of a... It's nice. Send you back to childhood. That's good. It does, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, we're right down the street... <laughs> We're right down the street from Silicon Valley. So the people who are allowing others to poop in the streets are the same people teaching AI ethics. A tad wordy, but it's a little wordy. Yeah, but uh, gets the job done. Yeah. Silicon Valley thinks their crap doesn't stink. We're not uppity snobs in San Francisco. 
We know our crap stinks, especially in the hot afternoon sun. Again, it's That's a little, a little word. wordy. But okay. All right. Uh, effective. Our sidewalks make you pine for the simpler times of LSD and the Manson family. Oh, that's, that's kind of another nostalgic one. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, S- San Francisco. See our giant sequoias and our huge piles of poop. Simple. That's straightforward. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Um, San Francisco. Proving Darwin is correct. Come take a track crap in the street and fling it at somebody you don't know. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. That's a, I've got more, but okay. I, 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 I'm still working on it. I, right. I would like to work put the, in progress. Yeah, I'd like to put some of the travel brochures together for San Francisco because, uh, you know, or maybe we come up with some San Francisco T-shirts and hats. Well, you're a helper. You're a helper. I'm just trying to help them. Yeah, that's all I'm trying to do. I love how they were bragging the other day that millions of tons. Uh, less garbage makes it to their uh, landfill mm-hmm. than any other city in America. Well, yeah, that's because uh, they it's dump all it all over your street. That's right. <laughs> it's not that you're recycling. <laughs> it's all right there in your street. San Francisco, incompetent since 1964, incontinent since 2012. That's a definite winner. I like that one. Uh, All right, we've got some more incredible stories for you coming up in just a second. First, uh, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It is Simply Safe. Simply Safe, I love these guys because they they care about the details. For instance, um, their glass break sensors. (laughs) Pat, I have to say something. It's locked out of my house last night. Mm -hmm. That is a problem in my house. Yeah, because it's electronic, right? Yeah, everything in it. The police actually call my house the compound. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't know that. I found out from a cop. He's like, oh, yeah, you're the compound. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? It's like everybody calls your house the compound. So uh, you don't. I've spent a lot of money so you can't break into my house. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a problem when you have electronic doors and uh the circuit breaks and your wife is out of town and she knows where the key is and you call her and you're like honey where's the key and she's like oh it's in the safe in uh you know in the bedroom okay that's not how about the mat that's not the place to put the key because i can't get into the house Mm -hmm. i said to the guys let's just you know what let's just break a window pane and one of the security guys was there, and he's like, um, sir, you had that fixed. I said, what are you talking about? And he's like, um, remember? And I'm like, oh, crap. Unbreakable I made it windows? Unbreakable windows. You can take baseball bats to my windows, and you can't break them. Wow. So I was thinking that I was going to become Santa, because I am as fat as Santa. <laughs> and I was thinking I'd go down the chimney. Hopefully it didn't come to that. No, we found another key. Oh, thank, <laughs> thank God. Anyway, uh, glass break sensors. If you do have a, uh, uh, you know, somebody trying to break into your house, a don't shoot. It might be me, uh, but glass break sensors are fooled a lot. Um, if you drop a plate, it could go off. Sometimes babies crying makes your glass break sensor go off. Not with Simply Safe. 
they built a, a glass break laboratory uh, test facilities and they ran over 10,000 live glass break simulations. I want that job throwing plates on the floor to see if it goes off. That's fantastic. Anyway, this is the kind of level of detail that they have. You want the best security for your home? SimplySafeBeck.com. Go there now. SimplySafeBeck.com. It's $15 a month for the 24-7 monitoring. It's SimplySafeBeck.com. So can I... Because I'm beginning to forget... What's it like to live in a city where it's not 107 degrees? Wish I knew. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Texas is great. I'm only saying this to keep people from California out. But, boy. The weather the sucks. The weather is horrible. Don't come here. You will not like no, the if weather. You, especially, I mean, you'll like <laughs> it if you're from, you know, the middle of the country. But mm-hmm. if you're from, the, let's say, anywhere on the West Coast, Oh my gosh, are you going to hate it here? Oof. <laughs> yeah, don't. Between don't the know. tornadoes and Hurricanes. the 110 degrees. Uh, I I lived in Phoenix mm. and Phoenix isn't this bad. Phoenix gets hotter than this. Yeah, but the humidity. Yeah, the humidity added to this is Ugh. I don't know what it I don't even think it goes up, you know that feels like temperature. I don't even think it goes up that high. It's 107, but with the humidity, it feels like death. It feels like death. You're praying for death. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine working outside. I, I drive oh. by people who are you know, working outside with on the roofs? On roofs? Oh. You'd kill yourself. But they do it. They do I know. It all the time. And I don't know how they do it. I don't really either. don't know. And they all should weigh about 30 pounds. Because you should just sweat pounds away. Mm-hmm. It's, you should have like a garden hose just attached to your esophagus if you're working outside here in Texas. All right, back in a minute. All right, I know the media is all upset about, you know, the Russia thing. Okay, okay, I got it. That was so Monday. Um, today, I am really upset uh, that Air Force One is being redesigned. Uh, and Donald Trump doesn't like the baby blue the you know the the tiffany egg blue uh and uh and he wants it redesigned it's a classy looking plane i wish you'd leave it alone please leave it alone. it, it looks please. good it looks i great. saw an interview with him and he said guess what color it's going to be painted and the and the reporter said well, i don't know red white and blue like you're donald trump <laughs> red white and blue with gold um you can't do that. And that's what he's doing, right? Red, white, and blue? He's doing red, white, and blue. Yeah. And uh, he says, it's going to look very American. Oh, no. It already does. What does that mean? It already does. That Because that is an iconic plane. Do you know who designed that? His name was uh, uh, Raymond Lowry. Lo- uh, Lowy. And he was he's the guy that they call the... Um, the designer of the American age, I think. Something like that. He, he's a guy who did Exxon. He did the Shell logo. Mm. Uh, he, he designed all the old Coke machines. Oh, he wow. redesigned the Coke bottle to make it look more like the shape of a woman. Um, he huh. did the Studebaker Avante. That was his... Um, gosh, what else was his? Oh, every NASA logo 
was his for all of the space shots, mm. all of all him. This guy is all of the streamlined toasters and and products that we had in the 40s and the 50s. All him. Uh, the 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 beautiful streamlined trains that they had in the 40s. That's him. He's the guy who designed America. When you think of that quintessential classic World War II kind of America, that's him. He was called by Jackie Kennedy because originally Air Force One was just a a, a big uh, silver jet that said U.S. Air Force on it. And then it had a big eagle painted on the nose. And they were upgrading to another jet. And she said, why don't we call Raymond and see if he will, he'll design something so it becomes really an iconic look. And so he did. Leave it alone. Mm-hmm. The thing's going to have a big eagle on it. You know it is. <laughs> it's going to have a big eagle on it. Oh my God. So- I think we should have to see this and improve. We paid for the plane. Mm. Yeah, they're expensive. Yeah, we don't ever get to ride in the plane. You do. We should have some say on Mm -hmm. uh, whether you can paint it or not. Because there's uh, there's no, leave it alone. You don't think the gold LeMay interior will be? (laughs) No, I mean, it'll be, you know, I think the leopard rugs (laughs) might be nice. (laughs) (laughs) That was, well, that was one of the things I was afraid of. Remember, when, yeah. first, when he first started running, I'm like, oh, he's going to change the Oval Office. He's going to change the White House. He's going to do what Jackie O did, except he doesn't have the taste that Jackie O had. He's doing it. He's doing it. Please make it stop. Please. Are they $1.6 billion apiece, or is it $1.6 billion for two of them? I don't know. Because I know that they a- just made a big order, and... It was $1.6 billion, and I think they're getting two, but I don't know if that's each. I don't think so. Well, I well, don't know. because a lot of safety yeah. uh, features, yeah, and some of which they won't even talk about. Yeah. So we don't know if there's missiles aboard. We, we don't, oh, yes. We don't know that for have sure. You, well, they won't say, but on. you got to believe they have. you got to believe they have. You, you know that El Al has, uh, has missiles on El Al. Um, and they have, what are they called? Strafe where they, they shoot the missiles out the back. Yeah. Uh, to attract heat, seeking. to attract heat seeking. Mm-hmm. LL has that. So imagine what the president's plane has. Yeah. Yeah. That I'd love to know. Oh, I'd love to know. Be great. I'd love to know what little I know about the beast is remarkable. You know, the beast, it, it has, it has like a little portable They've ordered new ones of that too. Yeah. Yeah. The Beast has like a little portable, uh, you know, surgery thing, blood transfusion thing in the back. I just saw that. It can go off a bridge and the person inside can survive for three days. Underneath water. Underneath the water. Yeah. That's crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. Really amazing. Yeah. So, but please don't. Don't redesign Air Force One. Now, that would be sure. like has he definitely decided he's going to do that? I'd be like putting you know if it, if if Ted Cruz would have won and then on the beast he would have changed the car horn to ba 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 ba. No, <laughs> no, don't please. Just leave it alone. I don't think Ted would have done that. No, he would he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have, but Okay, it would have been like Lyndon Johnson doing that. I think Lyndon Johnson might have done that. He might have, yeah. might have put big horns on the 
front oh, of the... There's no doubt he would do that. Oof. Would have done that. All right, another story here. Uh, just have to get to this. Uh, Rock Johnson, uh, the Rock, uh, is... Um, by the way, he's running, don't you think? Yeah, I think in 2024. Yeah, I, I think, think so he too. will. Mm-hmm. All right, so the Rock is... Uh, he's in a new movie, The Skyscraper. And since Scarlett Johansson uh, left her film because she's not a trans man, uh, she uh, she left and everybody's like, oh, that is so great. And, you know, we should only have trans people play trans people since when this is Hollywood. Mm-hmm. OK, so you're going to have instead of Scarlett Johansson, somebody that most likely we've never heard of. And so nobody's going to go to the movie because they don't know them so here's a a woman who is also a paralympian uh she is a double above the knee amputee from birth and she wrote to him and said my request is for you to stop saying yes to roles like this one in that movie um she said uh, we have to have characters who really have disabilities 95 percent of those rolled are uh, those roles are filled with able-bodied actors and I'm thrilled that a film about a kick-ass veteran and father who is an amputee got greenlit in the first place. The problem is this perpetuates the fact that we're not given agency to tell our own stories. Okay, first of all, lady, I don't know who you are. Let's just say you're anything shy of Superwoman, Wonder Woman, Wonder Girl, or any of the girl power characters, Okay. I don't know if you think you could actually jump from a rig to a giant building that has a broken window. I don't know if you think that's not real. Okay, so this isn't really an amputee story. This is a fairy tale. Okay, two legged people don't do that, let alone one legged people. Mm-hmm. Now, if you had special springs made on your feet, which no joke, that might that could be done. But that kind of changes the story. You know, that's like, oh, I've I've worked in my basement for this moment. I've got those spring feet that I'm going to put on my and climb up this scaffolding. No, it doesn't happen. This is another one where liberals are eating their own, though. And in Hollywood, if you're going to force this stuff on them, and it looks like they are. I love it. Then you're not going to make any money because everybody wants to see Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, in these films. Nobody wants to see uh, an actual amputee <laughs> that we've never heard of right. or seen before. Right. You're going to lose a fortune on these movies. Yeah, they won't make them. They, they right. won't make them. Right. I don't want to see. You know what? Clint Eastwood did that. It was like, what? What was it called? The 1819 train to the Paris or whatever? 15. 1919 to Paris. Whatever. Whatever it was. He yeah. made it with the real people. It was awful. It That's, was awful. I heard it was unwatchable. Oh, it was. Oh, my. And they were the actual heroes. Yes. Who actually performed. Yeah, remember the, they were on the show. Yeah. Okay, so right. we had them on the show. And so I had to endure the movie premiere, you know, with them. So I couldn't leave. And you're like, oh, my gosh. What did you say to him afterward? Hey, 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 huh? Huh? What a movie! Wow, that's a no, that must have been uncomfortable. Like when we oh, watched, it was wildly uncomfortable. Noah with the uh, director of, of no, that no, no, with the head of movie. Paramount. Remember, he was yeah. the head of Paramount. Oh, that's right. Uh, yes. and, he, and he came over, and I hey, saw him. So, oh, 
But I'm like, hey, just tell him it was fine. Just tell him. Nope. Uh, we hated it. <laughs> he wanted the truth. He wanted the truth. Well, he asked us to come. Uh-huh. He wanted to know what I thought about it. Mm-hmm. And so I said to him, I didn't just say your movie sucked. I said, I really want to like it. I really want to. I really want to tell you. It's not so bad. I can't. <laughs> yeah, so it, uh, that led to a 45-minute discussion. Don't ask for my opinion if you don't want my opinion. Yeah. Uh, by the way, San Francisco has begun registering illegal aliens to vote. Uh, they, finally. Yeah, finally. Finally. Uh, you know, uh, they're here in America, and uh, they they should, if they're over 18, they should be able to vote. Now, I don't know why they have to be over 18. It's ageist. Thank it's you. Ageist. This story comes from Florida. A man with no arms accused of stabbing tourists with scissors. Now, that one caught my eye. Mm-hmm. In fact, both of them. And uh, I had to read the story. Now, listen to this. A homeless man with no arms has been arrested in Miami after he stabbed a tourist with a pair of scissors. Uh, Jonathan Crenshaw is a fixture in South Beach, known for painting canvases with his feet in the heavily trafficked tourist area. Just after midnight on Tuesday, police say he stabbed 22-year-old Cesar Coronado, who was visiting from the area, visiting the area from Chicago. Crenshaw, that's the guy without any uh, uh, arms, uh, told police that he was lying down when Coronado just punched him in the head. Crenshaw used his feet to grab a pair of scissors and, and stabbed Coronado twice before walking away. Police found Coronado bleeding from his left arm. He was taken to a local hospital for treatment. Coronado and a friend denied Coronado hit Crenshaw and told officers they were only asking for directions when the homeless man jumped up and suddenly stabbed him. Crenshaw is being held uh, at Turner uh, Guilford Knight Correctional Center on $7,500 bail. He's charged with aggravated battery. I got to tell you, we're so low on heroes. I say we back this guy. <laughs> I mean, because he can stab somebody with his feet. Hey, it's I pretty mean, pretty impressive. Look, people are like, I can't do that. I no, I need to. You know, this guy is painting for a living. He's homeless. He's painting for a living for the tourist. And then when somebody attacks him, he can pick up scissors. I mean, I'm a lefty. I can never use scissors, right? He could just pick up scissors with his feet and stab somebody. He has scissors, which means, I mean, you don't buy scissors like, I need something I can stab people with. I mean, he bought them, so apparently he uses them to cut. I can't use my left hand without left-handed scissors. He can use scissors for right or left with his feet. This guy is an American marvel. We are down to this. This is the new American hero right there. It's impressive. It's, a, it's impressive. He's not crapping on the street. <laughs> well, he might be. We just didn't yeah. hear about that part of it. He's, well, he's he may be crapping on the streets. Well, he may even be a bigger hero. If he's crapping in private or on the streets, if that man can wipe himself, <laughs> I think we... <laughs> 
That's a good point. Thank you. That's a good Don't point. tell me it can't be done. So I tell my son every day, I can't do that. Really? Hmm. I know a guy who can stab somebody with scissors and he has no arms. And he can go crap and he doesn't need somebody to wipe him. He can do it himself. <laughs> Don't tell me you can't get it done. It's America, boy. All right. Tika Tuari, uh, our go-to expert on Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, uh, came out to declare that bear markets in cryptos is over. He believes this is your last chance to get in before Bitcoin goes to 65,000. It's at 6,600 today. Uh, that is now he's he made the prediction last time last year that crypto had gone down. Bitcoin had gone down. And he said, I'm telling you, it's going to go up over 10,000 uh, in this next year. And it did. It went to 20 this year. He says that there's something happening and he's going to explain it uh, tomorrow. Um, but he says there's something happening that is going to push Bitcoin this year to at least 60,000. That's crazy talk. That's crazy talk. Uh, then again, maybe not. We should listen to what he has to say. Tomorrow night at 8 p.m., this is absolutely free. Tika is going to go in-depth on everything about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, and he's going to tell you why that is and give you the name of three cryptocurrencies that are cheaper that he says are going to break out uh, by the end of the year. So all you have to do is register right now at BeckCryptoShow.com. Don't be left in the dust like uh, you were last last time, Pat. I'm just I'm not talking to anybody. I just I don't know why it's just Pat all of a sudden. That is kind of weird. Yeah. BeckCryptoShow.com. BeckCryptoShow.com. Register now. It's tomorrow night at 8 p.m. So glad you're here um, tonight, five o'clock. You don't want to miss it. It's a show with a bunch of millennials that I think you're really going to enjoy. If you ever think, you know, if, look, if you're a millennial and you're tired of hearing people say millennials are just stupid, watch tonight. If you think, oh, we're doomed, millennials are just stupid, watch tonight. Tonight, five o'clock, only on the uh, Blaze TV. Coming up is, uh, well, no, it's not Tuesday. Wednesday. I miss the Cowboys, the singing Cowboys on yeah. Pat's show. Yeah, I missed that too yesterday. Yeah. What's sick, your lead but... story on the uh, radio roundup today? No, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about monkeys. About monkeys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. Not, not the choice that I would have gone with. Really? But, uh, I'm talking about the 1960s group, the monkeys. <laughs> Still <laughs> not, not the fascinating? One. No. Really? On sure? the Blaze Radio. Glenn. Right now. Back. Mercury.